Hello, and welcome to the Nate's Stories Podcast, Episode 8. I am your host, Nate, and this week we've got something a little different than the previous podcasts. I am going to talk about a specific subject, and this week's subject will be dreams. Oh yeah, dreams. I'm going to be talking about that thing you do when you sleep, and dream interpretation. And I find these subjects are weird because it is something you can just Google right now. So, (laughs) it's strange. We have this tool that gives us all the knowledge in the universe, or at least all of collective human knowledge in the universe that exists, and it feels like people are getting dumber. It feels like people are more distrustful of knowledge and facts and what people have collectively learned over the past few thousand years. Very strange. But anyways, talking about dreams... Uh, I took a few dream classes in college, and I've always liked just what dreams are. Like, all right, so let's say you live to be 70, and you sleep eight hours a night averaging out. So, I mean, you you could be like a teenager, and you're like, well, I only sleep six hours a night. But I'd be like, well, as a baby, you slept more, so evens out. So I think averaging probably eight hours a night, 70 years old, so got 70 years. That means you slept for 204,400 hours, and you were awake for 408,800. Like, you were asleep for 200,000 hours, and you were awake for 400,000 hours. That means you were asleep for a long time. That's a third of your life, and that's half of the amount of wake, awake hours, or conscious hours. So you spend so much time in this dream world, and nobody seems to know why we dream. There doesn't seem to be any real reason, but it's all, I I mean, I've heard different theories like that. It's the brain going, like, refreshing itself, and it's true that I think that's what sleep is about, but we don't need to dream, and it seems like dreams... They're, they're, you can have them while you're conscious, like lucid dreaming, which I've attempted to do. But it's, it's, we spend half of our lives, well, we spend half our, we spend a third of our lives in this inner world. And I feel like, at least when I was younger, one of the ways that I dealt with sadness and at least like this idea of people living terrible lives or things are really unhappy is that when you sleep, the world can be whatever you want it to be. So it's like a way that whenever I was reading a book or like watching a movie or just learning about people, or if I had a bad day, it could be like, at least I'm going to sleep tonight and the inner world that I will be in is not this one. could be a happy one. And I've I don't think there, I haven't thought about my own personal correlation of whether dreams, like if I'm having a really bad time in life, do my dreams also reflect that or are are they the opposite? But we can talk a little bit about that when it comes to Freud and Carl Jung, the two people that I know about with dream analysis. Something I was thinking about with dreams was in ancient times, people having dreams really does, it feels like it could be visions or stories, and it's so easy, I think, to get dreams and reality mixed up. 
but I also think people in the past were just as smart as we are today, at least emotionally intelligent. So I feel like they would know that their dreams are not real, but it is one way, like, uh, no matter what religion you believe in, I think you can talk to your deities, deities, in your dreams. You can actually see them. You can encounter dead people in your dreams, and it will feel real. I, I mean, I guess I wonder how many stories from religions that we hear about that are mystical are actually just people writing their dreams down and thinking they were real. Yeah, but what is the point of dreams? I think it is pretty clear that other animals also dream. I mean, you can look at a dog and they start to run in their sleep, and you can see them doing what... There's four stages or five stages of sleep, and they're one of those stages, the deepest stage is called REM, or rapid eye movement, and that's apparently the stage where dreaming occurs. And you can see dogs' eyes doing that, and it just makes me think it's something that is a... It's a trait that all animals share, so there is definitely a benefit to it. Whether it is just cleaning house in your head and it's just going through memories and there is no meaning, or if it's that it legitimately is our subconscious or, yeah, our subconscious mind, like, sending us messages, I don't know. I mean, it does seem to favor that there are, at least there is a meaning to the dreams, because why would we have recurring dreams and why would there be these very clear emotional reactions to dreams. It just seems like there's a lot of questions that, that just don't need to exist. Why don't we just sleep? I mean, there are some people that sleep. And I think if you smoke marijuana a lot, you lose the ability to dream. So maybe there's some connection there. I also know that actually one thing in the past was when I was taking these dream analysis classes, the teacher... I was also trying to learn how to lucid dream at the time. And lucid dreaming is just when you become aware while you sleep. And there's certain things you do while you're awake to prep your mind to then become aware that you're dreaming and almost wake up but still have control of your dreams. And when I was in this dream analysis class, the teacher was like, you should make an effort to learn to remember your dreams but not become aware that they're dreams while you're dreaming them because then you could be missing messages that are from your unconscious. Because it, it, that actually convinced me to stop learning how to lucid dream. But if you are curious on how to do it, uh, basically throughout the day, you have to remind yourself that you're dreaming and have a thing that you can do. So it's like you could pinch yourself or you look like a... Uh, there's a movie, I think, Waking Life, where you look at a clock and you just have these little things. And I, mine, uh, I don't remember what it was. I think it was that I would, like, put my hand in my pocket and take out my phone. Something, some action that you can do while you're awake that then would spark you to be like, well, is this a dream? Doesn't feel like awake or something. And then, bam, dreaming. But I kind of stopped doing that near the end of that process. Because then what you're also supposed to do is drink caffeine right before you go to sleep, and that will wake you up while you're asleep. And, yeah. But I, after this class, I just started to make an effort to try to remember my dreams as they happened. And so occasionally in these dreams, I kind of know that I'm dreaming, but I'm not fully lucid, because then it's almost like m my dreams change gears. Yeah, something like that. I've always had a problem with uh, Freud and Carl Jung in that the evidence 
for what they believe doesn't seem to hold up. Like it, it, they it could be correct, but they also could not be correct. It seems like they're stating things without solid evidence. It's like the pieces sort of line up. But anyway, it's like what uh, Freud basically came down to was this is, I think, what majority of people still believe. I remember reading this book back in college and being like, whoa, this is amazing, that dreams are wish fulfillment. And we go through events of previous day or of the previous day, and they also can be hidden messages from the unconscious. And yeah, it could be. But I, I, I remember in those classes, I was just like, it could also not be, which is then what I liked Carl Jung because he added on to that where it was, he was, uh, Carl Jung was one of Freud's students, or at least he, a protege. There's a whole big battle between them. I remember there being like an argument between them about something or other. But Carl Jung went deeper with dreams and said that there's me, it's how, I think there's two ways to look at your dream. One was there's a view that your dream is exactly what it's showing. Like if you're being chased by a killer, then it is a killer, but that killer also represents your inner emotions and what that killer means to you. And yeah, so like Carl Jung was all about the associations in your dreams. And there was that, what do, what do these objects in your dream mean to you? Which I gravitated towards more... And whenever I do try to analyze dreams, that's kind of what I still follow. Because he also then had archetypal figures, which Joseph Campbell has now made famous with Star Wars and every, the media going nuts over this stuff. But I still feel like it. I like the idea of archetypes because I think clearly there's something to it. But what am I to question this stuff? A little non-scientific, non psychologist, psychoanalyst, me, just being like, I don't buy this stuff. <laughs> uh, I feel like Freud and Jung would be super cool to talk to, though. Be like, where are you coming up with this stuff, guys? I guess my, my issue with both of these dream analyses, like what Freud and Jung were saying, is that you could also make an argument that our conscious mind gets sent to another dimension, and that our brain is just cleaning, and what we experience is just something beyond. It's something entirely different. Because you get you, I like that. I don't think there's any evidence of it whatsoever. That would be cool, actually. Yeah. Anyways, that's dreams. I think that's enough rambling about dreams for now. There, there was no questions this week. Uh, I'm planning on having, yeah, no, no, no questions, so that means I'm not going to answer any questions, I'm, I don't have any YouTube comments. This week I was actually going to have a guest, and I was going to have them tell some stories, but that kind of fell through. Scheduling is difficult, but I'm working on getting more people to tell more stories and just have it be more of a story-based podcast. Uh, some things that I'm planning on doing in the future, let me know if this sounds intriguing, Basically making one of the... Last week I had talked about how I don't like movie criticisms, but I there's a bunch of subjects where they're not cartoon-related, but I would like to make 
almost video essays about them where I think I would still make a, the focus that you could listen to this stuff as a podcast and you'd still get the full message, but I'd edit videos over it. So for instance, something that I'm thinking of doing is making a podcast where I talk about how The Simpsons has changed from the early seasons to the later ones. Because I think there's two episodes in particular that really show the difference because the plot is basically the same. But it's just the way that the story unfolds that is so drastically different that I think it's telling. And there's some other stuff like maybe talking more in depth about tennis and even cartoons, just like editing projects. But yeah, because, yeah, just opinion pieces and fair use and yeah. So let me know if you like how that sounds. The, they, those types of podcasts would take longer to make. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I think that's this week's podcast. Just a, a little one, just to keep it going. Yeah. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. All right. All right. All right.